Today's guest is co-founder of one of the largest staffing firms in New England. We pick his brain about what it takes to attract and retain talent in this tight labor market and whether it's loosening up. I'm Matt Mowry, co-publisher and executive editor of Business NH Magazine and Granite Media Group. And I'm Christine Kerrigan, co-publisher of Business NH Magazine and chief creative officer for Granite Media Group. And welcome to BizCast NH. Happy New Year, Christine. Happy New Year, Matt. 2024. Well, on the cusp, I, I know. know. We're coming out here on New Year's Eve. Oh, my goodness. So, I am not a big resolutions fan because why set myself up for failure and disappointment? <laughs> <laughs> Life is already full of it. Um, <laughs> but do you think of it? Do you do resolutions or have goals for the new year? Yes and no. I mean, you know, every year you do the standard, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to uh, eat better, I'm going to get more exercise. And, you know, by January 2nd, you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, you have to become a whole new person. Right, yeah, right. I'm 53. No, it's not <laughs> happening. So, I mean, I try and set myself, I, I wouldn't say resolutions, but, you know, you just try and improve yes. generally. I mean, I think business-wise, um I think my goal maybe for 2024 will be to actually find uh time a little bit more time for myself. Um you know, being co-owners of the business, as you know, you and I are co-owners of this business yeah. in case you what? forgot. Yeah. Um <laughs> you find yourself it it feels like working 24/7 yes. uh, 7 days a week. Um I'd like to claim my weekends back. That for myself, would be nice. there's a lot of weekend work. Um, I've started trying to do that a bit now. Uh, so I'm really trying to make a conscious effort to, you know, because as I say, if you don't take care of yourself, you're no good to anybody else. Yes. So I try know. not to be new agey because I never have gone in for the kumbaya thing. Yeah. But I am going to steal a bit of the, the, the verbiage, I guess. Is I'm going to try and be more present. Mm-hmm. Like I think, you know, my mind is always going on what else should I be doing? And I'm going to make a more concerted effort to just be in my moments so that when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. And I'm not thinking like, should I be doing something else? Well, no, I'm with my kids. I should mm-hmm. be doing that. Um, so yeah, that I think uh, trying to set very manageable <laughs> goals so yes. I can feel better about myself yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is what we're going into. Um, I think there's a lot of goal setting going on, including businesses looking to grow. And that means staffing up. Yes. And such a smooth transition here that I've set up. Excellent segue. Today's guest is all about staffing, and we are going to delve in and pick his brain and and, and garner that expertise to help our listeners figure out what's coming up for their workforce this coming year. Why don't you tell them who we got? Absolutely. Let's dive right in. This week, our guest is Jason Alexander. Jason is Chief Revenue Officer and co-founder of Bank W Staffing and its portfolio companies, Alexander Technology Group, KBW Financial Staffing and Recruiting, the Nagler Group, Sales Search Partners, and KNFNT Staffing Resources. His organizations deliver staffing, recruiting, and consulting services to a broad range of organizations throughout New England. In addition to Jason's revenue generation, market development, and PR duties, he is also an active public speaker for a variety of colleges, schools, and professional groups throughout the region. Welcome, Jason, to the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm so, so happy to be here. 
We're very excited to have you. So I have known Jason for quite a while. He has always been a great resource for us at the magazine when it comes to staffing. And boy, have the last few years just been crazy for the workforce and trying to find talent. So I just want to dive in with you about, so let's just start with the pandemic and moving forward. What has the workforce challenges been like and what has been like for you for you as a staffing firm to meet those challenges? Yeah, uh, great questions. I mean, the pandemic started off with absolute gross uncertainty across the board for all of us. We went from we went from normal business as usual to wondering, are we going to be in business anymore? Right. Is, are, are we? What, what's going to happen? And then overnight, we became a, a remote company, like a lot of companies did. Um, very quickly, though, that transitioned to a, a significantly increased demand for for workforce and, and 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 labor across the board with almost all companies and almost all sectors. And we found ourselves completely swamped and trying to trying to grow our business, grow it. Um, how should I say, grow it uh, remotely? We had never onboarded uh, employees without meeting them before, right? Um, and meeting the demands of uh, of clients who were just falling all over themselves trying to find um, trying to find workforce, trying to find labor, trying to find people that can help build their products, sell their product, run their operations, finance their accounting, all of their all of the different uh, competencies needed. And um, so a, a few months after, within six months after the pandemic started, we found um, ourselves in, in, in ex- exponential growth mode and then also having to cater to the needs of companies in ex- exponential growth mode. So it's been a wild time ever since. And with unemployment as low as as it's been, um, you know, we were talking right before the show, you were talking about that there were even industries where there was negative unemployment, which I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah, is that something you can explain? What what constitutes negative unemployment? Well, negative unemployment is it, it, what would constitute that is there being um, there being less people to fill the amount of roles that are actually available. So if you looked at different subsectors of uh, information technology and software development, and, and, and there, this applies to a variety of other areas too, um, for, for quite a while there were um, more roles open than there were actual people to fill them, um, thereby constituting negative unemployment. And what were some of the fields where, that, where we saw such extreme shortages in the workforce? Well, in the, in our areas, um, and I can I can I can speak to a, a broad variety of, of different competencies, but in the areas that we serve, um, that was most prevalent in in a variety of, of information technology roles. Um, I, I don't want to get too granular into the into the bits and bytes of this stuff for the for the sake of of, of our of our chat here, right? But um, you know, there were there were t- uh, certain types of um, of uh, applications development roles and mobile applications and 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 things like that, where companies just couldn't find um, the right amount uh, enough people to fill the uh, to fill the need that 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 they needed that they required to um, to meet their needs. And obviously, I mean, the pandemic upended so many things, and you know, it's, here in New Hampshire, we I mean, even going into the pandemic, we had a tight labor market at that time, um, and. It only got worse from there. I mean, it, it was the, the it didn't seem to matter what industry it was. When I talked to businesses, their biggest challenge was I can't find the talent I need. Um, how have businesses evolved their their search for talent? Uh, 
their thoughts about what constitutes the type of employee that they wanted. You know, a, a lot of people, the pandemic was a time that people reevaluated their life and decided what they were and were not going to accept in their work life. And that has forced a lot of things to change in businesses. From your perspective as a staffing firm and working with folks on both sides of that equation, how did the pandemic change the, the how people connect with jobs and what they want from a job? Well, there was a lot of... I'm going to try to answer that as concisely as I can because I can go off for hours about that, that about about the couple <laughs> of questions that you just posed. The reality is that it it I, I believe that uh, it caused a lot of the job seekers and the the empl- uh, people on the employee side to begin evaluating their work life balance because when they're working from home, it's really dif- difficult to detach, and they're mm-hmm. looking for opportunities to be able to detach and to have some more flexibility when it comes to. The workday, so someone can get out and get to their child's ball game or, or, or take some time to themselves during the day, but knowing that while they're working from home, they can get their work done at oft, oftentimes whenever they want at any hours that they want. So employees just began looking for more flexibility. Employers really had to take a look at how they were compensated, compensating employees, mm-hmm. providing benefits, and then what work, what the what the general employee or employer culture was like and the idea of defining culture became really really interesting and and an art unto itself because how do we define the culture of our business when all of our when all or most of our employees are working from home and we don't we can't necessarily um, provide this these in office culture type right. benefits so what does it mean what does culture mean to us and the and the redefinition of culture became really important and more and more companies began um, uh, began uh, becoming much more active in what they stood for and what their what their employees were looking for and trying to respond to the needs of those employees and becoming more more flexible when it comes to all of the above over the last few years they did that by necessity because the job seekers had most of the power if they if if the culture wasn't right the compensation wasn't right the benefits weren't right there's so many other jobs available that the revolving door effect could begin very easily if a company wasn't prepared to retain their talent. So in addition to really focusing on their culture, are there any other uh, trends that you're seeing that companies are uh, offering, benefits they're offering or whatnot to attract that talent, to get the best talent that they're looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think over the last, I'm going to speak to over the last few years because I think the, the, the climate has changed a little bit in the last six to 12 months. But in general, organizations are, are offering and be and. I think the most successful organizations are realizing the level of flexibility that they have to provide, and being uh, uh, giving giving the the employee the employee base a little bit more autonomy to take time off when they have to. Unlimited PTO has become very popular uh, with with top employers. More and more employers are going to more of a results based yeah evaluation model for their employees in terms of de- determining their success and 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 or subsequent failure potentially. Um, if they're as opposed to, you know, attendance time in the office and so on and so forth. It's less about do I see your face in the office as opposed to what are you accomplishing in the time that you're you're, you're working. You know, I fumbled through my words and you did that a whole lot better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we have had to, you know it was amazing in such a short amount of time how the pandemic transformed the way we think about our workforce. Um, from it was always about 
having that FaceTime from the boss and looking like you're busy, even though maybe that last hour of work, you were struggling to fill the time because you were just done as opposed to now. um, You know, if the work's getting done, I think there's less concern about how long it's taking you to do it, that there's this shift between I'm paying you for your time as opposed to I'm paying you to do this job with the results that are there. Uh, there was this distrust of, well, if I if I allow my employees to work remotely, will they just spend their time doing laundry and watching TV and not doing what I need them to do as opposed to the employees going, I don't want to mess this up. I've got a good thing where I now have more control over how I spend that time. Um, but there's still a struggle, I feel, of where we go now. You know, now that we're three years beyond the initial crisis and we're more in an endemic time um, and this struggle between do you bring people back? Are you missing that creative collision of people that happens when people are together versus can you put that genie back in the bottle? People have experienced what it's like to have remote life and don't necessarily want to move back to that. And so there still seems to be um, this tension for some companies as to, do you come back hybrid? Do you remain remote? What's working? What are you starting to see emerge and shaking out? Yeah, it's a great question. And I'm seeing just complete com- complete chaos and indecision when it comes to mm-hmm. that, that, that exact topic. What's interesting is there's been kind of an epidemic of cultural detachment on the employee side where they're, it, it's, it's not as easy to, it's, it's, a little bit uh, more difficult to feel involved um, when it comes to your team, when it comes to your manager, when it comes to your uh, your coworkers, the camaraderie. Right. And I think that there's um, there's well, there's pluses and minuses on both sides of people having to be being able to have their own space and being able to have their own work times and 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 things like that. But we're actually seeing, and and even in our own companies, a lot of employees are wanting to come back into the office and wanting to reestablish some of that face-to-face camaraderie. On more of a macro scale, we're seeing employers really struggling with what does hybrid mean? Mm -hmm. Um, How much time should we force back into the office place? Well, geez, we're spending all this money on this office space. Nobody's in it. What do we do with it? We're seeing lots of organizations that are downsizing their office space and creating more of a shared office type of environment. We just did that. We just fact. did that. Yeah. <laughs> As did we. We did the same. We did the same thing in, in, in a few of our offices, and we'll likely do it with more. Um, where it just doesn't make sense for everybody to ha- every individual person to have a five day per week uh, de- desk desk space. So if someone's going to come in for a couple of days. You come in, you pick a desk, you work out of the office, and then you spend the rest of your the rest of your days working from home. So as the as the job market has begun tightening up a little bit and the talent pool is getting a little bit wider out there in terms of people being unemployed, we're seeing some employers begin to take uh, to, to, to use that as an, as an opportunity to bring some people back into the office a little bit more. But still, it's a struggle. It's a real struggle to come up with the right what's the right what's the right formula? What's the right balance? Right, because I mean, even uh, and I do want to delve into the loosening of the 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 job market. Um, but even with it starting to loosen up, I mean, employees still have their pick of places to work. And, and as you said, when we're not as connected by culture, because we're not in as much, it's easier to pick up and leave. And if I want to stay remote and you're trying to make me go back in, I can probably find someone who will let me. Are, are you finding that employees are still 
willing to kind of pick up and, and, and go? Do they still have a lot of that power they had? Is that shifting? I think there's been a shift. I think there's been a little bit more of a balance now mm-hmm. where there's less opportunity available. I'm just speaking statistically. Sure. As, um, there's not quite as much opportunity available as there was a year ago as there was a year before that. So we're starting to see, I mean, the way that you haven't asked me, but if the way that I would kind of assess the market at this point in time is, in general, is to to say that you know if you look at the numbers, the the, the job market, the, the trends out there will will suggest, and I would I would agree with them that the job market is kind of normal normalized at this point in time. We're so, we've seen headlines about layoffs at large tech firms, and that's kind of put a, 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 a some somewhat of a shadow of doom and gloom in some people's eyes, and it's given some people some idea that we're in the middle of a deep depression, and others an idea that we're still in the middle of a hot hot market like we were in, during the covid times but i think at this point in time it's kind of normalized and we're we are we are seeing some people out there struggling to find work um, because of that fact i think some of the power has been taken back by the employer on average to say uh, they have a little bit more say in what's in what's going to happen um, as far as time spent in the office and um, the flexibility that's going to be provided etc And we'll be right back. Are you looking for quality networking in a fun environment? Join Business NH Magazine for the return of the ultimate Biz NH Bash at the McAuliffe Shepherd Discovery Center in Concord on March 28th. Meet leaders from New Hampshire's 2023 top 100 private companies, top women-led businesses, top family-owned businesses, and New Hampshire's startup stars, plus the 40 influential leaders in New Hampshire as featured in the January issue of Business NH Magazine. Enjoy delicious appetizers and cocktails, explore museum exhibits, take fun photos in our photo booth, and mingle with the stars of New Hampshire business while gazing at the stars. For more information, visit businessnhmagazine.com events. Sponsored by Northeast Delta Dental, Merchants Fleet, Eversource, Ledyard National Bank, and UHY Advisors. And we're back. And um, I wanted to dive in a little bit. I wanted to take us back and uh, get a little bit of in- information about your background, what got you interested in staffing, and then what ultimately brought you to the point of deciding that you were going to start your own staffing firm. Okay. All great questions. Should I, should I just dive into this dive story? Right in. Well, what, I mean, what got you interested? Yeah. How did that start? It's not like most kids are going, you know what? I'm going to go into staffing. So how did that path start for you? Most people fall backwards into staffing somehow, some way by accident. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's, re- it's really a fascinating story. If you, if you had a, a chance to interview 100 people in staffing, you'd come up with 100 different tracks as to how, how they got in, involved in it. Mine was, um, mine was actually a story kind of out of desperation. My, my career started in the dot-com world where everyone was hiring and, and companies were popping up left and right. And I really got a flavor for working for small companies, which I truly and thoroughly enjoyed. Then the bubble burst back then, and I found myself with a, you know, with a, a, a home and a family and no job. And the best job I could find was going to work for a recruiting company. I didn't know that much about recruiting companies. My experience with recruiters hadn't been very good so far. So it was really a job out of necessity as opposed to a job out of purpose at the time. But I very quickly found that I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed it a great deal because there was opportunity to earn a good living. There was opportunity to help people in their job searches. There was an opportunity to help companies effectively scale. And um, I 
got involved in a variety of extracurricular activities with that in public speaking. And I, I just, I, I just dove headfirst into the, into the profession after about six months and fast forward about three years. And I was starting to get the itch to work for a small company again. And at the time I was working for a great big multi-billion dollar company and, and didn't quite have the autonomy to do for my clients what I wanted to do for them. So, um, I decided to, um, make the jump. I originally was going to start my own firm and then I very quickly got involved with a few ex, um, ex coworkers of mine. And we decided to jump in together and start the first of our business or, or the first of our businesses had already been established a few months before I got involved. And then we started, um, the, my first of, of the companies, which was Alexander technology group. What we saw there our, our, our mission generally was that we saw there being a, a, a kind of a, a gap for the kind of service that companies really wanted to, 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 see, to, to, to see and experience out of a staffing firm. We wanted to be able to provide a more customized, more personalized experience. And as we've grown, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the fact that we've been able to hold on to that, 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 same, that same mission, which is to um, not necessarily be a cookie cutter service provider, but to be um, the kind of provider that can be malleable and agile based on the needs of the individual client or the individual job seeker. So that's a little bit about my story. I got off on I don't know if I don't know if you call that a tangent. Was that was that, was that did <laughs> no, I did that, I did I keep perfect. Did you I answered keep, that question. Yeah. I kept the train on the tracks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Fantastic. <laughs> I think you're good. So let's talk about what you and your partners have grown this into. So how many firms are under this umbrella uh, of of Bank W, and what are the different specialties or focuses of them? Great. Uh, good question. So we have, we we first, we started three, our first three companies, which were KBW Financial Staffing and Recruiting, Alexander Technology Group, and the Nagler Group. We then started Bank W Staffing because we needed a parent holding company to facilitate the kind of growth that we had in mind. And then we subsequently then started Sales Search Partners and then acquired KNF&T staffing resources. So each of our companies has a, a specific focus, not so much on an industry vertical, but on a variety of competencies. So Alexander, KBW Financial Staffing and Recruiting will cater to any organization out there that has a need for someone in a finance, finance or accounting type of a capacity, and all of our companies will do consulting and full-time placement. Um, Alexander Technology Group is an information technology software and related technologies staffing firm that will cater to any business out there needing somebody in either IT, software development, um, cloud computing, information security, and those types of areas. Um, the Nagler Group is going to um, cater to the needs of, uh, of any, anything under the umbrella of human resources, administrative, clerical, and legal. Uh, sales Search Partners is all sales all the time, so we're just pl uh, placing um, salespeople at all levels within our, our, our clientele. And KNF&T provides also some finance um, and administrative roles, but we cater to more of an enterprise clientele there as well. And how many employees do you have to do all that? Yeah, at this point in time, the uh, the running the running number is about 140 employees. Um, yep. And uh, also, I mean, you made it onto the list of the top 100 private companies in New Hampshire, uh, and um, you know, it's grown significantly um, to be. Uh, on the various lists in New England among the, the largest staffing firms in the region. 
uh, what did it take to get there? It's not like it's not a competitive field out there. Um, there are a lot of staffing firms that are vying for people's business. What made you so successful? You know, I think that having, first of all, a, a phenomenal partnership among the among the ownership team has been um, has been one of our keys to success. We've we've maintained philosophical alignment on what we want the businesses to look like today and tomorrow. Uh, we have a tremendous amount of trust together, um, a great working relationship, and that's been, you know, I, I've I, my my hats off to my 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 partners in that in that regard. I think one of the areas that's been very successful for us is we've had a growth mindset and a, and a, a growth oriented mindset ever since we first started. When you get when you look at staffing companies, you typically will have growth minded companies and lifestyle type companies that, and some of the lifestyle businesses will stay small. Um, won't re- necessarily reinvest as as large a ratio of their profits back into the business for growth purposes. Where we've opted to live, I guess you'd say a more modest lifestyle, and 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 re and reinvest a larger percentage of our of our um, profits back into the business to facilitate growth, more hiring. Um, we've gone through multiple acquisitions of um, of other of other other staffing firms, and folded them into our portfolio. So. Those are just some of the things I think that made us, made us successful on top of, and I'd be terribly remiss and uh, I'd have a terribly missed opportunity to, to say our team. We've been very, very lucky and very fortunate to bring on um, a, a, a staff that, that, that gets it when it comes to, um, to serving the, the very sensitive needs of job seekers. I mean, you're playing with very, very sensitive information when it comes to people's livelihoods, their careers, et cetera. And um, so we've, we've got a very, ten, we've got a tenured staff with, with much lower turnover than the, than the, uh, than the market would, um, the, the typical market would have and, um, or would the typical market would experience, I should say. So in that regard, we're, um, we've, uh, we've been very fortunate. I would think as a staffing agency, you have the right tools in place to make sure that you get yourselves the right employees that you need for your, for your businesses. So you have that little bit of an advantage yeah, we do. I mean, if I if I was being candid, it's interesting. Um, we sometimes are. We sometimes will struggle with um, with with recruiting talent for our own teams. It would be it's it shocks it, it anecdotally it shocks clients that when we tell them how um, how how long it takes us to fill some of our open roles. But we're also very selective in the people we bring on board. Um, we even we even employ the uh, services of other staffing firms that place staffing people within other staffing firms, which is uh, <laughs> who knew. Yeah. It's uh, you, you, it's you, very meta. <laughs> I know, right? So uh, yeah, no, it's really cool, and um, I mean all, all of it. I, I guess I'm a little, when I say it's really cool, I'm a little bit biased because I live this all day, every day, and I love my job. So um, I'm 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 really happy to be here and, uh, and and in the spot that we're in. Now, obviously, what you're selling clients on is the fact that you can get the talent they need. Uh, but I mean, when you're in a talent shortage, it's a talent shortage. So over these last few years. What were you able to do to make sure you had the pipeline that these companies needed and wanted? Yeah, that's a great question. I think we make available to our employees the kind of tools necessary to be, to make them successful technologically. And so, um, where do you move forward from here? I mean, you've grown so much as it is, and as you said, the market's normalizing. So, what does that mean for your Group of staffing companies, and and where you go from here? Yeah, it's a great question. We are, you know, we've 
the the first step is for us to to optimize and, and maximize market share within the which in the region within the regions that we serve. So currently, we actually have six offices set up throughout um, throughout New England, four, two in New Hampshire, four in Massachusetts, which includes an office in Springfield, Massachusetts, from an acquisition that we went through about six months ago. Um, further. Uh, Further going down the road, we're we're looking at two different tracks. One is organic growth, so we're hiring hiring the right people and continuing to to grow the teams that we currently have in place, as well as looking for new acquisition targets and organizations that we can bring into our portfolio of companies and uh, and manage the same way we've been doing doing in the past. And so, when you're not busy staffing people's firms for them, what do you do? Uh, what do people may not know about you? That's a great, great question. I don't, I don't know how to answer that question because I work too much. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I spend time with my family as much as I can. Um, I like to, I like to hike quite a bit. If you, if I'm, if I, I, you'll, fi- you'll find me hiking or walking at least uh, two, three times a day just to keep the blood flowing. So I'm not glued to my chair 24 hours a day doing Zoom meetings. Uh, I like to read a great deal uh, and um, keep, my, uh, keep my, my, my knowledge current as much as, as, much as possible. And then I'm, I, I find myself back, uh, back, in, back, involved in, um, uh, back involved in the business on a, on, a, on a pretty frequent basis because on an uber nerdy level, I really love this stuff. And I, I love to, I love being involved in um, I, I love thinking about strategically growing the co- the company and working with my partners to come up with new and innovative ideas to to take us into the next level. So, what do I do with my time? Um, I really kind of have to get a life in a lot in a lot in a lot of ways. <laughs> I think you ta- you started off talking about New Year um, New Year's resolutions, and I think I'm one of my New Year's resolutions is going to be spending more time um, on myself uh, as as far as. Anything from a new hobby to exercise to whatever it might be, um, to get my head out of the out of the work, so I don't so I don't experience some burnout factor. But um, at the end of the day, I don't know. I, I I I'm I'm pretty happy with my balance as it is. Well, I think that's great, and I think having that passion as an entrepreneur, as you said, it's kind of nerdy. You said to be so invested in it, but that's actually what you want in your entrepreneurs and your business leaders is that they have a passion for what they're doing. So I think that's what helps build a successful company. And I, just before we wrap up, because I know we're we're closing in, I just have to ask this of you, and that's the, I, I imagine the concerns of your company very closely aligned that stay as the whole. I mean, there's a lot of concern over where our stay is going in terms of our aging demographic and the ability to attract um, new imp- people into our our workforce. When you take a look at um, the challenges our state is facing, what are the ones that concern you the most? I do worry at times about about both the aging demographics and then the percentage. And I think this is an ongoing New Hampshire struggle, but I, 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 I've, I've been concerned in recent years, the amount of uh, employees who are leaving the state and going to work elsewhere. Um, I work with a lot of people at the startup culture um, here in the uh, in the state, and we 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 talk a lot. And I, I think that we've actually seen um, a little less innovation on a uh, on a macro level than we've than we've seen in recent years. And, that, and don't get me wrong; I, I'm going to go ahead and, and 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 talk out of two sides of my mouth for just a quick second and say <laughs> there's lots of wonderful innovation happening with lots of wonderful companies here in the state. But the amount of startups. 
um, and the amount of, of, of new and emerging businesses and the, and the growth in some of those businesses we, we've seen um, have been difficult to fuel because the workforce has been, um, hasn't necessarily been readily available. Um, so I'm, a, a mission of ours is to make sure that um, all companies here throughout the state, especially the emerging companies that need the, that need the, the, the workforce, is made aware of the people in all pockets of the workforce who are, are out there and readily available to provide the services that they need to grow their business. Well, I'm, we have, I'm sure, a lot more that we could talk about on this topic, but we've come to the end of our time. So we'd like to thank again Jason Alexander. Jason is the Chief Revenue Officer and co-founder of Bank W Staffing, and we appreciate you coming in today and talking to us about your industry and giving us all the insights on uh, the workforce in New Hampshire. So thank you very much. Yeah, you're very welcome. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the stories and information you heard on today's podcast, find more by subscribing to Business NH Magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Christine Kerrigan. BizCast NH is a production of Granite Media Group. 